0: Hello, everyone. It is August 2nd, 2016, and you are listening to the Locked On Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rosman I'm the editor of orlandomagicdaily.com. And uh, obviously, a lot not a lot going on as we get ready for the Olympics. We'll have a, a quick look at Mario Hazonia in the coming weeks and keep you up to date on what is going on with him. I believe he actually... Missed uh, the last friendly for Croatia before the Olympics with an ankle sprain, is what it sounds like. I haven't uh, quite done my research on that, but he should be good to go uh, uh, for that. I uh, just want to remind everyone you can follow us on iTunes, uh, search Locked On Magic, uh, give us a five star rating there if you would like, uh, as well as uh, following us on Audio Boom and Stitcher if that's how you prefer to get your podcast. And be sure to follow some of the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. There is some fantastic, fantastic podcasts going on all over the network, uh, including now some NFL podcasts. So be sure to look that up. Just type in locked on whatever team you're interested in knowing about, and you can find them there. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon. Uh, I know everyone loves talking about him. Uh, We've got an article up on the site about uh, Aaron Gordon and and some comparisons maybe to Paul George. I know that's a popular topic among Magic fans, so I'll explore and discuss that a little bit. And then also uh, some some high praise for, for the young Aaron Gordon from an NBA great. But before we get going, we do have some news. Da, 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 uh some news coming out yesterday, the Orlando Magic have released their preseason schedule and we can now say for certain The Orlando Magic will open up their preseason October 3rd in Memphis against the Memphis Grizzlies. Very, very exciting that we finally have a date for the season to start. That probably means training camp, uh, which has not been officially announced, will start a week before that in the last week of September. No Brazil trip, nothing crazy, just a seven-game preseason schedule, four games at home, including the San Antonio Spurs and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, You know, three of them all in a row there uh, in the middle of October. Uh, should be a good time, should be should be a chance to get our feet wet and uh, see uh, the Magic up close. And obviously, this is a huge training camp at a huge preseason for the Orlando Magic. Uh, as we've discussed, it's a make-or-break year, seemingly, for the Magic. It's There's a lot of uh, different things going into the season. We've got a lot of new players, a new coach plus all that pressure to to win this year. And so the Magic are going to be a major focus, a major focal point uh, throughout the preseason is how this team's coming together. And they're going to be challenged. You know, Obviously, preseason results don't matter so much, but they're going to see some good teams and some good players. Essentially, uh, six of the seven teams that the Magic will play in the preseason made the playoffs. And so we're going to know uh, you know, not no for certain, but we're going to have a good idea of how this team stacks up with its preseason schedule. The full preseason schedule is as follows. October 3rd at Memphis. October 5th at Cleveland and LeBron James. October 12th versus the San Antonio Spurs. October 14th versus Frank Vogel's old team, the Indiana Pacers at the Amway Center. October 16th, Dwight Howard comes back to town with the Atlanta Hawks. October 18th, the Magic travel to Miami. And then the preseason closes October 20th versus the new Orleans Pelicans and Anthony Davis. Obviously the front court's going to be challenged Memphis, San Antonio, Atlanta, uh, even Miami and new Orleans all have decent front courts. Uh, we're going to get a good look at how this team plays against bigger teams, uh, and, and how this team is going to start coming together. Obviously, uh, Preseason results don't matter. Uh, Certainly, the Magic will bring some other people in uh, to to fill out the roster and likely finish some of those games. Uh, But it would not surprise me if we see the starters a little bit more than than we would be used to during a preseason. Like I said, this is a big preseason for the Magic. There's a lot that they have to sort out and get sorted out in training camp. They have to set that rotation. They have to try different combinations, see what works. They have to learn a new system. And so... While in most years preseason results don't matter, I would say this, song, this year preseason results might matter just a smidge, just a little smidge. Uh, we just want to see the Magic make some progress and continue to improve and get better. And the way that they do that, the way that they show that, is by winning some games in the preseason and looking like a good team, looking like they're a cohesive unit. Um, it's going to be a work in progress. Uh, there's obviously a long time to go before October uh, probably sometime after the Olympics, players will start trickling back into Orlando and working out together at the Amway Center. Uh, when training camp opens at the end of September, they'll really start diving into some of the stuff that they'll be doing as a group and as a unit. Uh, but it's going to be really, really interesting to see see how it all comes together. I mean, I think we're all interested in how this whole thing is going to work. Uh, so many players have to take a step up. So many players have to find new roles. So many players just have to have to find their fit, and that's a big part of what, uh, of what this season is is going to be about. And the magic will uh, get get a good test and, and get a good look at it throughout the month of October during the preseason. Uh, and we we now have a schedule at least, uh, like like I said yesterday. I would suspect we'll see the NBA schedule come out in the next week or two. So we'll have a better idea of what lays ahead of the Magic. The schedule, schedule in the NBA is a schedule. It's about equal for everybody. So it's not a huge uh, huge difference or a huge thing to worry so much about. But at the same time, uh, the Magic do have to uh, take care of their business and, uh, and learn a lot. And, and they'll have every opportunity to learn, plenty of time to practice it looks like uh, during that week at home in October and, and plenty of time to get prepared for the season. So the big news, mark your calendars. October 3rd, the preseason opens in Memphis. October 12th, the Magic are home to play the San Antonio Spurs to kick off a three-game homestand during the preseason and their four preseason games of the seven that they'll play. So again, schedule news is always fun news. It's good to have that out and good to get started. Let's move on, though, to what we're going to talk about mainly on today's show, and that is... Aaron Gordon and what Aaron Gordon can become. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, a. It, it's hard to still describe what Aaron Gordon is as a basketball player. It's been two years in the in the league, and it's not particularly clear what Aaron Gordon is, if that makes sense. If, if that's a if that's a fair way to say it. Um, injuries have kind of sapped his career just a little bit. Uh, it's been a, a difficult slog for him to. To, to, to find his way. I mean, obviously, he, he started he started his career as a really raw freshman coming out of Arizona, just this bundle of athleticism, and then he broke his foot at the beginning of the season and, and missed 50-some-odd games. He then came back into Summer League, looked incredibly good during Summer League. He was the best player at Summer League last year, really looked like he was about to take a step up, and then he breaks his jaw and is not ready to go for contact at the beginning of training camp. That was a huge loss, and it took... Scott Skiles some time to trust him. But of all the Magic's young players, no one probably gained trust with with a, a you know a typically difficult guy to, to to deal with in Skiles more than Aaron Gordon. Gordon quickly ascended the the rotation and quickly became someone that Skiles could rely on. He found himself in the starting lineup. I mean, his offensive game was still very, very raw, but his defense was incredible. He was a, a an extremely, extremely good defender for a guy his age. Uh, he was someone that the Magic could really trust to to play his role and, and fit it well. And you know, the the, the shots are going to come. The, the the offense is going to come, and everyone's still wondering when or how. And and that's a big thing Gordon has to prove this year. But Gordon proved that he's at least a rotation player, that, that he has some ability. Last year, his defensive wind shares went up from 0.7 to 2.2. Um, a lot of that probably playing time. His PR was 17. I mean, he's above-average player. His defensive box plus minus, and I think this is really important, went from 0 from essentially a, 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 a average player to 1.2. He was 1.2 points per 100 possessions better on defense than the average player. He had 1.8 victory victories over replacement players. His offense slowly came along. Just being a little bit healthy helped him out. And so we've all kind of wondered, what what can Aaron Gordon be when he's given a fully healthy summer to work out and to train? And and I think that's what we're going to hopefully see. And the Magic have already put a lot of investment in him. They've already said, we believe you can be this kind of player. We believe that, that you can be a starting small forward in this league. And Gordon's going to flip between the two positions, and we've debated on this show before about where Aaron Gordon fits. This question, though, is about what Aaron Gordon can be. And that, I think, is a much more difficult question to answer. With Frank Vogel, with the Magic, there is already thought of, oh, he's going to be the next Paul George. And if you remember, and it's easy to say, oh, Aaron Gordon is not anywhere near as good as Paul George. Paul George is an MVP candidate, one of the best players in the league, top 10 player in the league. And there's some truth to that, and there's some truth to the fact that Gordon and George play very different styles. George was always a perimeter player, but also you got to remember where Paul George came from. Paul George was not a top pick in the draft. He was not supposed to be this superstar player that he is today. Paul George was drafted with the 10th pick in the draft. He was seen as a role player, someone who guarded the perimeter and could shoot threes off the bench. He was always seen as Danny Granger's backup. But slowly but surely, he beat out uh, Danny Granger. He beat him out. And when you look at Paul George's stats, particularly early in his career, there is something to it. And so when Frank Vogel says, you know, I want to play Aaron Gordon like, like I played Paul George, you know, maybe Aaron doesn't have the driving ability or the shooting ability quite yet, or if at all. But there is something to saying, okay, Gordon can be a guy who can maybe create his own shot in the mid range as a, as a as a big three, uh, and as someone who can use his athleticism to get to the basket. George was not a stellar player early on his career. Uh, We wrote about, our Sean guest wrote about this on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can check out the article there. But in 2012, which was Paul George's second season at 21 years old, George averaged 12.1 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, and shot a 51.0% effective field goal percentage. He was always a better three-point shooter than Aaron Gordon. But Aaron Gordon's second year at age 20 last year, Gordon had 9.2 points per game, a little bit less. Uh, six and a half rebounds per game, already more than George, and shot a 50.9% effective field goal percentage, most of that on two-pointers, in fewer minutes. 24 minutes per game for Gordon, twenty about 30 for George. There's something to say that maybe George was a, was a little bit more advanced than Gordon coming into the league, and that's absolutely fair. He was. But there's no reason to think that Gordon can't continue an upward trajectory, that Gordon can't continue to improve as a player, and take a step up. Uh, is he going to be Paul George? Probably not. But certainly Vogel has a track record of developing a player like a Paul George who, you know, really came out of nowhere that that was uh, not a not a player that many people thought of, and have him take that next step up. The idea is that Gordon, with his own individual improvement over the summer, which everyone I think expects to see, and we've seen just a, a, a tiny snippet of that, that that Gordon will be able to take a step up on his own and then Vogel will take him the rest of the way, putting him in a role that he can succeed at. It's hard to get a good sense of who Aaron Gordon is. Um, I pulled up his his Carmelo ratings uh, on on 538.com. His, you know, his top comparable is Derek Favors. I don't think he's a Derek Favors type player, but... 2014, Tobias Harris. I mean, we remember what we thought about Tobias Harris uh, Henry, two seasons ago after after his first half stint with the Magic. We thought that he was a you know a potential ball dominating guy. Could be a Lou Aldang from 2007. You know is, is listed on there. Giannis is a is a, is in a top ten comparable on Carmelo. That the you know again I bring up Carmelo as a as a tool to. Make some comparisons because there is some statistical basis for it. But uh, you also look at that and say it's really unclear what Aaron Gordon is still. And Gordon still has to define himself and define his role and find a role that really, really, really fits for him. And that's not particularly easy quite yet. It's still a, a big mystery what this Magic team is going to be. There's no doubt about it. It's hard to say Aaron Gordon is this or Aaron Gordon is that. It's really hard to say that still. This season is going to go a long way to defining Aaron Gordon as a basketball player and and who he is. And I don't know if he's Paul George. I don't think he's going to be as good as Paul George but he could certainly take a leap like Paul George made between his second and his third year. I I listed off Paul George's second-year stats, but I'll do it again. 12.1 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, 51.0% effective field goal percentage. That was a lockout-shortened year when when the Magic played them in the playoffs. The following season, in minutes increased from 30 to 38, George scored 17.4 points per game grabbed 7.6 rebounds per game, and his, and his usage went way up, but still shot 49.1% effective field goal percentage. Per 36 minutes, he went from 14.7 points per 36 minutes to 16.7 points per 36 minutes. Gordon could certainly take a step up like that, going from 9 points per game to 15 or 16 points per game. That's a huge step, especially for a player like him, because then if he's scoring like that, You can rely on him to produce for you every game on the offensive end. And now you have a better understanding of what he can be and how to build around him and how to accentuate what he can do. Or you have a better understanding of a role that he fits. And to me, more than becoming a Paul George or becoming anyone else, that's what's most important for Aaron Gordon this year. Define yourself, even just a little bit. Either give us the hope that you're going to become a star, or let us know how you fit onto a team. I still have debates with people about Victor Oladipo, and Victor Oladipo is a very good player, don't get me wrong. But last season, his his third season in the league, was all about defining his role. He showed enough for us to believe that he could become an all-star and a star player. But at the very least, he needed to tell us what kind of role he could play on a good team. And Oladipo didn't become that star. And it became very difficult to figure out what role he would play if he didn't have the ball in his hands. Because his shooting didn't really improve, even though his defense was stellar. I think he'll be really good in Oklahoma City. I think that's a role that fits him as a second, second guy next to Russell Westbrook. I don't think he would have fit in Orlando. And in any case... All Orlando had to do, all Orlando had to trade this summer was Victor Oladipo. That was the card they had to play. Aaron Gordon is is kind of in that same boat. A lot of players are in that in that boat. To be frank with this team, a lot of players have to show what they can do and how they fit, but none more so than Aaron Gordon because he's the most undefined. And as he gets, you know, his rookie contract comes to a close, we're going to learn exactly who he is and how much to invest in him. So is he Paul George? Probably not, but he needs to take a leap like Paul George did. And I think that's what everyone sees, uh, bringing in a guy like Frank Vogel to coach him, but things aren't all bad in the Aaron Gordon front or things aren't all doom and gloom. There is high praise coming Aaron's way, the highest praise perhaps, uh, Aaron Gordon might still be known around the league as the dunk contest guy, and his athleticism certainly allows for that, and it certainly will be. Like Everyone is hoping and praying for a rematch at the dunk contest in a city to be be named later uh, All-Star 2017. The dunk contest from 2016 really captured the imagination of everybody, and it captured the imagination of some really important people in basketball. Uh, Julia Serving told Complex, quote, it was clu- the, the, about the dunk contest in 2016 in Toronto, quote, it was clearly as good as the Wilkins-Jordan showdown. And I had a showdown with David Thompson back in 76, which was the last year in the ABA. It doesn't get acknowledged as much, but it was a great showdown. But Zach and Gordon, in terms of the guys who are judging and to hear what they had to say during that time, records are made to be broken. And standards of the bar are established to be challenged so somebody can go above it. I would put those two guys, the things they did this past show in Toronto, at the top of the bar. Even for them to chase next year or put some new guys next year to go after it, they have raised the bar to a different level. I know most Magic fans are still a little bit salty that Aaron Gordon did not win the Slam Dunk Contest. In my estimation, he should have won it. But without doubt, the, the things about entertainment... And Gordon and Levine put on a show that no one could complain about. And to get a guy, to get someone, a legend, a dunking icon, pioneer, like Julius Irving, to say they were among the greatest of all time, in all likelihood, the two greatest dunk contests of all time, as far as one-on-one battles, were those two that, 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 Irving discussed the 88 showdown between Jordan and Wilkins and the 76 showdown between Irving and Thompson. Look that one up. If you haven't seen it, it's they, the rules were a little funky in the ABA, but uh, it was a, it, it was truly pioneering. Like the dunks seem tame, but they were never tried before uh, in an in, in NBA it was truly a pioneering dunk contest. And there, obviously if you don't know who David Thompson is, he was an incredible athlete and, and a very good basketball player. But to, to, to have Aaron Gordon be part of this historic showdown, something that will be replayed endlessly. He, he had the dunk of the night. His sit-down dunk over stuff was the dunk of the night. He probably had the top two dunks of the night. I still think his, uh, his one-hand one 360 where he grabbed the ball from stuff twirling on the, uh, on the hoverboard was absolutely incredible his final dunk which did not get the appreciation it deserved at the time and by the judges where he put the ball between his legs and then over his head again is just an absolute incredible feat of athleticism and we've seen it every day gordon gordon in practice will try some crazy things i saw i mean i was in a practice one time and just before they closed the doors i saw gordon practicing that first dunk he did over stuff, where he jumped clean over him, and trust me, he had to. That was something he had to practice. He was thinking about it, and you got to come up with fresh ideas. And that will be the challenge if these two decide to go at it again in 2017. But to have these two among talked among the greatest dunkers of all time is absolutely incredible. Gordon's impact is very, very clear already. And I hope we get to see them dunk again because it would be a lot of fun, no doubt. It would be a lot of fun to see them do it again. And so, you know, Dr. J obviously is not going to throw around that praise lightly, uh, especially in this day and age where so many of the veteran of the older players um, are pining for their days. It's good to see some love come to the come to the younger generation and uh, respect for for where they've taken the game and and. Taken it beyond. Obviously, we'd like to see Aaron Gordon add something to regular games, not just dunk contests. But we've talked enough about that today, I think. So once again, I want to thank everyone for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. We'll have more uh, tomorrow. Uh, pro- I'm planning on talking about Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo. So lots of fun discussion there. Uh, I'll be do. Due- I'll talk a little bit about Mario Hizonia. I'll do some research on Mario Hizonia and get an update for you before. The Olympics begin uh, and, and get set. Uh, we'll be following uh, his team in Croatia throughout the Olympics. Uh, reminder, again, you can listen to us on iTunes. Download us, Locked on Magic. If you get the original Orlando Magic Daily podcast feed, it should transfer automatically. If not, just shoot me a line. Uh, my email is omagicdaily at gmail.com. You can always tweet at me at omagicdaily on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow us on Audioboom and Stitcher and be sure to follow the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm an avid listener to many of the podcasts there. Uh, very, very, good, very, very good stuff. So uh, be sure if you have interest in any of the other teams around the league, be sure to look up your team, Locked On, insert your team name here, uh, and be sure to check that out. Uh, having said that, I think that will do it for today's show. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. We will see you tomorrow here on the Locked On Magic Podcast. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.